0: P word, P word, P word, P-pop, pop 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 popcorn.
1: What the f's <sighs> f- going on down there? Chocolate. Hi everybody, it's WTF and TFW episode 413, June 24, 2016. I'm joined by Seth Buzzard, and we're gonna save the world.
0: Yeah. Well, we did save the world, we just did. off mic, so nobody can hear that we solved all of justice's ills, or so, society's ills, not justice's ills. Society's ills, ills we didn't, and brought yeah, we justice. We didn't fix
1: justice yet. but we brought we brought a justice to society, yeah, the Justice Society of America.
0: Yeah. Dr. But Fate. we also have to fix justice.
1: Yeah, because right now... Because they're still injustice, And Zack Snyder's running justice, and he still sounds like he's not quite getting it. Uh-huh. There's we'll a, fix Justice next time. They, they brought a bunch of reporters and, and journalists who wrote really bad reviews of BVS to the set of Justice League, and it's, uh-huh. it sounds like it was really awkward.
0: I would imagine. I would imagine it's almost as awkward as when Yui Bowl invited people who gave him bad movie reviews in the past to fight him in a boxing ring. <laughs> I
1: heard that at least, like at least the time he did it with the guy from Something Awful, that it was uh-huh. just really weird and uncomfortable. And it, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: I also heard that he was very choosy on who he agreed to fight. Yeah, because like Shane, baby from EGM at the time, like was like, oh, I totally want to do this, but like he was trained in like kickboxing. Yeah, and U- so U- like Yui
1: like, U- Bowl's people were like, nah. How about the guy who doesn't U- look like he's, he might win? How about the guy who looks like he's never been punched? Let's pick him. Yeah. We'll- <laughs> Now, apparently, uh, well, apparently with this crowd, someone who worked in the costume design still referred to the shade of red on Wonder Woman's chest piece, as we imagine it like it's the congealed blood of her victims over the last few millennia. And appara- apparently one of the journalists in the crowd then just literally just went like, wow, like that was the, the audible response. <laughs>
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because you know when i think of wonder woman i think of v- i don't think of a superhero standing in the sun with her fists on her hips like all majestic and you know like a pinnacle of justice and good i i think of her being blood soaked
1: i also thought it was i mean this is real petty but it's kind of funny that the guy chose to refer to the, the blood as that being of her victims rather than her opponents <laughs> it's like what does that mean is she's hunting people down <laughs>
0: Wonder Woman <laughs> is more of a savage maniac than movie Optimus Prime. <laughs> I
1: mean, we'll see after movie five, right? Like we got to give Optimus a chance this year. Well, next year. Um, no, they could have picked way worse blood to it for
0: it to be, but we don't need to get into that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Man, just every Zack Snyder interviews. So there's something. There's always something in it that just makes me start feeling like it was all worth it. Just reading that thing. Also, I got it lined up. Uh, me and Jake, Jacob's gonna get me uh, from his video store. Uh, he's gonna pull out a copy of the the, the R-rated cut of BVS. Mm. So that that'll be my my first experience with the film. I'm super excited. I, I want to see it unfiltered, no censorship.
0: It's like yeah, the thing that made. Batman versus Superman bad was nobody used a cuss word. That's
1: right. <laughs> I want to hear Henry Cavill drop an F. Not to keep us off topic. Actually, no. I'm going to save this one. Ba- Batman pulls out the kryptonite and Superman's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note to myself to save this one uh, movie for what we got. All right. I, I'm going to talk about something later on that will have to do with Henry Cavill and the lovely experience I had. So no. there you go. That's a hook. That's what we in the business call a hook for later on. Uh Seth, let's talk some Transformers news. Alright. We, we actually have some Transformers news to talk about. Um All right. San Diego Comic Con's pretty close. It's about a month away. And uh Yikes. we got the official picks for the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive version of Fortress Maximus. Uh compared to the American retail version. Uh, he has a few minor color differences, um, not nothing quite as clean cut as the way the San Diego Devastator basically had, like, G1 sticker detailing tamponed on him. But uh, the, the front page article describes everything in detail. Um, and uh, the big thing about this toy, other than those minor differences, is he comes with the Master Sword. Big-ass master sword. And a little master sword for Cerebros. Cerebros also has a a retooled head, which I'm assuming is going to be the Takara version, because the Cerebros head looks like Fort Max's head, and Takara going for the Headmaster's cartoon thing. So uh, that fits with that equation. To me, actually, the coolest part of this is he's coming in just a giant window box posed in a I've-got-a-sword-and-I'm-a-knight kind of pose. I think the box is actually the most exciting part of this, because it, it it looks like he's fully assembled, and usually, like, like I think it's confirmed from Australians who got him, like Metroplex, retail Fort Max has an arm removed that you have to plug in so that he fits in a smaller box. So this is going to be a giant box. Uh, if I were going to San Diego Comic-Con, I'd be psyched. Since I'm not, I'm psyched to see this in a dealer room for more money than I'll ever pay for it, because carrying that huge box from San Diego to wherever you live is worth a whole bunch of money, in my opinion, anyway. Um, So I'm not after this, but I think it looks cool. Seth, how do you feel about SDCC Fort Max? I'm also not after
0: it because it's too big. Mm -hmm. It's too big. Um, Ichabod was here last week, and he brought it up like you you're gonna get that thing and i was like it's too big and then my girlfriend was like how big is it and (laughs) i was like uh about yay big and like held my hand over the table she goes yeah you're not getting that (laughs) do do you have metroplex i can't remember uh no i have a fort max like a g1 fort max Oh, i don't have a metroplex
1: you didn't get like the new metroplex no okay because i was gonna say the, the funniest answer for that would be to point at the metroplex and go like you see him another one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like the biggest
0: the biggest transformers I have right now are like the uh masterpiece um star saver. Mm. And uh Um Yeah, I think that's the biggest one I have right now.
1: Yeah, um, unless you have Ultra so. Magnus, you'd probably be the biggest masterpiece. Oh yeah,
0: is all yeah, I was trying to remember. Because I don't have oh, either one, or I don't have Ultra Magnus out right now. I have my star saber on display, but not the Magnus. So I haven't seen them next to each other. I might. I'm actually might be. Time.
1: I might be mistaken, but if I, I, I'm not, I'm in BC right now, FYI. So I can't just walk over and look. If I am well, if, I'll just say to collectively they're the biggest transformers. Yeah, they, I they're have. <laughs> they're both the biggest masterpiece toys. One's a little shorter and wider, and then vice versa, if I remember mm-hmm. right. So yeah. Um I think. What do you think of the box, though? Like, I, I'm actually really surprised they're doing like this full window box treatment with like the pose in the bubble.
0: It, the box is fun for being that big, and it it's kind of they've done stuff like that before, like that mm-hmm. gigantic Sentinel figure that came on a blister card.
1: Yeah, this reminded that me that was uh, just massive. This reminded me of that, and I think they yeah. did that for Galactus once too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's fun when they do wacky things like that. Like here's a giant box for the giant toy that looks like the small box <laughs> for the regular toy. Um so that's cool. Yeah. Um I I didn't quickly find um like the retail version to compare the colors, but I found like the Japanese version and I've been clicking back and forth on those. I kind of like the Comic-Con one better than the Japanese one. It just mm-hmm. seems more colorful and interesting looking. Like, I, I kind of know what the Japanese one's going for, but it looks kind of boring in comparison.
1: Yeah, the, the Japanese one is is really simple. Uh, the only reason why yeah. I like it more than the American retail one is it's simple but picks colors I like a bit more in certain places. Uh, I, I think, actually, yeah, the San Diego one is a real nice balance between the two. Because um, the, the retail one is just like... There's just something about the retail one's colors. They're not wrong. Just these other two ones feel more right to me. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I I mean, like you said, like I I have no real intent to pursue this. I'm I'm thinking if I get a Fort Max, it'll probably be the Japanese one if I do it. Unless I mean, I'm saying that now. Then I'm gonna come across the American one on sale and I'm gonna be like, oh, I should get it. And that's that, but this uh, this this packaging too, like with the Galactus and the Sentinel, I love it when they do this because it also it's it's not taking into account people ordering it, and I don't mind that because it it makes it feel more special as something to get at the event. Yeah, um, it's a shame the event is like literal hell that no one should actually <laughs> go to, but nonetheless, within that space, they are trying to create something that's really special for those who are there. Uh. I don't, I've I've been here in San Diego's still, even though New York kind of took a lot of its traffic. San Diego's still been getting worse and worse every year, um, from people who actually yeah.
0: go. Yeah, like it's more of a media thing, but like I guess some of the uh, is it Sony
1: is not going to be at Comic Con this year? Oh, I can't remember. I know what you mean. Yeah, someone pulled out. Did Marvel pull out? Marvel Studios? I mean
0: marvel well i think it was last year marvel didn't have um a panel yeah but they're back this year and like that would that was like a timing thing like just marvel didn't have anything to show yeah but they're they got like a whole boatload of stuff to show off this year
1: so yeah they rejigged a whole bunch of their plans from that last big thing they did too like like shuffling the movie releases and whatnot
0: yeah and like i think the deal like last year was like a movie had just come out and the next movie wasn't for a really long time so it was too the next movie was like too far down the road to make a big deal out of yeah so they just took the year off but they're back
1: oh good hall h can continue to be
0: purgatory living yeah, and purgatory. then like i i think it's sony that's not going to be there and their whole th- like, their excuse is, like, we don't want people doing sneaky camera stuff and leaking our yeah. stuff out. Yeah. And then other people have, like, looked at their movie schedule and went, also, they don't have anything to show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more of just just them not admitting what's really going yeah, on.
1: Yeah, it's like, look, I, I appreciate where, where, where that's coming from. It's like, no, take a stand if you want to. But also, it's like, you're Sony. Like, you, you're not, unless I'm missing something, Sony is not the one who brings the stuff people really want to bootleg trailers of. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> um. Yeah, this uh, this Fort Maxie. The you know, best of luck to anyone who's trying to get one. And for something of this size, you know, I'll just say it again. If you've got someone muling it for you, throw them a tip. Yeah. Yeah. Like you Yeah. Look at this thing, right? Like go go get your Metroplex if you got one, and imagine a box around it, and throw them a tip. You know, if it's a buddy of yours, get if they're bringing it to a con for you, get them get them a bunch of drinks. You know. Like, uh, don't don't be stingy on someone who says they would like to do more than a one-to-one proxy buy um, at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, like, I, I would love it if that was the case, but I've known now enough people who have done the proxy thing that they deserve some money for their time. <laughs> and, and immense physical effort in some cases.
0: Yeah, it's... You're a jerk if you don't. Because... <laughs> God, like when Mirai Baby was doing a lot of that stuff, it was like she was getting into that Hasbro line like three times a day and buying like the maximum amount of everything. And then like her hotel room was just
1: jam-packed with boxes. Yeah. And And it's like. And you have to carry those boxes like what? At least two at a time through an SDCC crowd back and forth. And then, I mean, this is just in her case. Let's just top it off. Then a whole like multiple years in a row, people would flake out after she'd gotten them. And be like, actually I don't want any more. And it's like, oh good. Well.
0: <laughs> yeah, like and I think every time that she got me stuff, she would she would ask like for an extra whatever. And then I would throw like another five to ten bucks on top of that. Because yeah.
1: I mean, do you know I felt it was the right thing to do. Do what you can within your means, of course. But you know, just don't uh, the main thing is don't 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 get snappy at someone. If they, if they want to actually, if they just save straight up, I gotta charge you like twenty bucks extra for this. Like, don't get snappy yeah. at them, because you're not even
0: there. Yeah, and if if you just absolutely refuse to pay any extra, then I guess your other option is to wait and see if it goes up on Hasbro Toy Shop, and then not miss it before it sells
1: out. Yeah, and you know, have fun with that other version of literal hell, I'm trying to get yeah. these exclusives online. Um, just you know. Man, do I thank my lucky stars the number of times in these last few years a San Diego exclusive hasn't really enticed me. Uh, outside of the Dinobot set, that's probably going to be the last time I do something like that. Um, anyway, Fort Max is uh, already out in some parts of the world. By the end of the summer, three versions will be out and about. So uh, you know, hopefully you can find one that suits you. Seth, let's talk some new picture pics. Um, okay, you're bringing a, a kind of a fresh topic to the podcast with yours fresh hot spoiler topic yeah we're going to talk about a revealed robot character for Transformers 5 The Last Knight so fast forward if you don't want to know anything about anyone who ever appears in that movie because we're going to talk about literally what one of them looks like so yeah, okay yeah, they've gone Seth take the floor Okay, so after days of hype
0: and anticipation and Michael Bay teasing people like it's time to reveal a new character, he did. And he looks like a robot from... <laughs> he looks like a robot. A, well, he looks like a robot from a direct-to-video low-budget movie from the 80s. In my opinion,
1: his uh, his name, by the way, is Squeaks with two e's yes. and no a. Squeaks, and uh, he turns into Looks a. Like oh, good. Yeah, like a
0: moped, a Vespa, like apparently. The Vespa, yeah, yeah. He's very rusty. He's covered in holes and crud. <laughs> and I'm trying
1: to, like, I'm looking at this picture. And it looks like he has three feet in this picture. The picture's not helping very much because all like you can see his head. There's a couple pictures of his head. The photo where you can see his whole body, Michael Bay and someone who's an actor that I The girl I didn't look up. <laughs> they're they're both kind of hovering around him, and Michael Bay is like preventing you from really seeing where Squeaks' body ends back there. Uh and then she's kind of well, she's actually doing a good job staying out of the way. Michael Bay's the one who's really in the way of everything. Because he's like getting his leg all up right on Squeaks. Yeah, it's like like he had tweeted her name
0: along with the picture. I forget what it is now, but I like looked her up on IMDb because it didn't ring any bells to me. And I guess she's like fifteen. Um, she's sort of leaning over, like resting an arm on Squeak's big dome head.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, her name's right there. <laughs> and it yeah, and uh. so it
0: looks like he comes up to about her chest Mm -hmm. michael bay's down on one knee even on one knee he's a just like a half a head taller or the top of his hair taller (laughs) than squeak so he's he's a little pile of garbage looking thing and like like very much just like the look of his head just like the big dome thing on top of the two big like headlight eyes it looks like a
1: weird little robot sidekick from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, the, the actor, by the way, is Isabella Moner, who's playing a character named Isabella, which is just, it's Isabella, but spelled differently. Uh, uh-huh. Who's apparently an orphan street kid. Um, so, so Squeaks, uh, I should mention, when you say pile of garbage, it is actually pile, because he, he's got heavy, heavy, like, rust eating at his metal kind of yeah. damage all over him. Um, yeah, that's what I meant by pile of garbage, not... Like I'm being hyperbolic and like this character's garbage, everything. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was going to say, Michael like, Bay's garbage. He's literally looks like a kind of junked up, kind of rusty garbage Vespa. Um, so Seth, that description you gave of him is is has been the words I've been searching for for the last couple of days. Like he looks like, yeah, he looks like a, he looks like he would have been in the last Starfighter.
0: No, not even the last. Star. Okay, have, have you ever seen Heartbeeps? No. Okay uh it's awful it's uh it's, it's an Andy Kaufman movie um some people theorize that the like the metallic paint like led to his cancer oh god um i don't know if that's true or not that's just something people think but um and then ah oh, what's her name um really funny woman actress madeline Kahn. Um yeah oh really I think it might have been Madeline Kahn. Um, Patting
1: myself on the back for that one. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I just figure... So anyway... I figure 80s funny woman actor who may not be with us anymore. Madeline Kahn's my go-to.
0: Let me see. We got the thing here. Um, Cast. Oh, no.
1: Bernadette Peters. Oh, that would have been my second guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they're robots and they're on the run. And pretty much all the characters in the movie are robots. And it's a really bad movie. Like the evil, like bounty hunter robot chasing him is actually kind of nuts, like cool, like in just how stupid it is, but it just looks savage. But so, so Squeaks looks like he's from heart hmm.
1: I hope, I really hope someone out there listening gets that reference before any of that explanation happened. Because uh, I like Andy Kaufman, and I want people to get Andy Kaufman references, even if I don't. Um, yeah, here. Well, here. I'm going to send you a link here. So, Seth, here's where I'm going to. So, uh, first about the buildup. So, I saw people reacting to Squeaks on Twitter. And, you know, guess how people reacted to Squeaks. They Oh, wow. That little. Oh, God. <laughs> that no, I'm actually looking at the face paint on Andy Kaufman. That looks terrible. It's
0: a lot darker there than in the movie.
1: Still, that's... It's it's a lot lighter in the actual movie. That looks painful to wear. Like, under... Especially under, like, 80s studio lights. Can you imagine how his skin felt? A lot of the movie was shot outside, if that helps. Okay. Still. God. God. That that little robot looks looks dinky. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, this
0: businessman robot in that movie with chomping on a cigar the whole time. It's a really special flick.
1: This is so this is my taste. I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know anything about heartbeeps. That little robot in the heartbeeps picture, I actually think he looks kind of cool in a dopey, cute sort of way. Like he looks like yeah. a, he looks like a big tinker toy. And there's a part of my there's a part of my child self that likes a physical, proper robot that looks like a tinker toy. Um. Anyway, what, what I was gonna say is, so I saw people reacting to squeaks like just going like this is a pile of ch- I, this is awful. This is terrible. And I thought. Literally, I, I was like, "Why are you all overreacting so much? Like, did <laughs> like I don't understand where this is coming from on movie five? That a thing that looks like a movie five kind of robot from the fifth of these movies would freak you out that much? But then I I read up and yeah, there was like what half a week of build up to this and yeah, if if you're led on a chain of hype that ends in squeaks, I can see that being a bit of a sour note uh, to to get at the end of the journey. Um, so here's the thing, right? I'm not saying he looks good, and I'm not going to tell you to like him. There are multiple elements about Squeaks that, when put together, I'm actually kind of liking. I'll lay him out for you here. Number one, he looks kind of like a real messed up, like, half-cousin to T-Bob from Mask. Uh huh. And to me, that's not a negative thing. Number two, I really like Vespa's. And so I really like Squeaks' head and chest. I'm bummed out that he doesn't seem to really have a body so much as a pile beneath that. (laughs) And I'm hoping that, for instance, arms are going to be CG'd in if they aren't already there behind him. Um, And number three, I... uh, if he's a fully physical robot, that's perhaps will be animatronic, and you know he's got he's got a big dopey '80s robot face. I like big dopey '80s robot faces, and I like physical prop robots. I actually kind of I kind of like a lot about Squeaks, and I say this with the caveat of I probably agree with all the reasons why most everyone else thinks he looks pretty garbage, but he's a collection of elements that I really kind of dig. So uh, I'm I'm hoping he gets a toy that transforms that small and good um, kind of like uh, what, like some of the legends toys that characters like wheelie got. Um, that's, that's all I want to say. I just, want well, I want to get that out there. I want to, I want to say my little case for why I, I don't hate squeaks. Um, I think his name is, I think his name sucks. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's why it sucks because they, it sucks because they, they spelled it wrong intentionally for no reason. Um, other Well, okay, there is a reason. Perhaps they couldn't get the trademark to Squeaks with an A, but that kind of misspelling is trying way too hard to make me say aw, and instead it just makes me frown. But I still like him. I'm just not <laughs> going to treat him nice, you know?
0: Yeah, so, others have made this comparison too, so I'm not breaking any ground by saying in that picture, just like the colors, the like the it looks like it's maybe getting near dusk. Mm-hmm. Um the the dirt, the rusty pile of cars in the background, the the kind of muted earth tones of the girl's outfit and squeaks. It it kind of looks like they're aping Ray on Jakku.
1: As soon as you said, or not you said that, but as soon as I saw it on the article, I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yes. (laughs) And then that got me thinking about it even more. And then it's like, not only does it feel like that, not only does Squeaks remind me of something from like a low budget 1980s thing, but now, like, as soon as you make that Ray on Jakku thing at Link, then it starts feeling like an asylum film. Mm Mm-hmm on modern day earth ripoff of the force awakens like if you were going to do a low budget ripoff of force force awakens set on earth because you have to because of your budget that's
1: what your knockoff ray looks like so you want you want to take this a step further right so this guy is apparently a physical prop right how many transformers yeah. in these movies have been physical props for their entire body in robot mode what was uh, probably none. What was BB88's big claim to fame in a visual effect sense? That he was a fully existing physical prop. I think yep. someone got the idea of like everyone liked that press. We should do that for our movie. Like the, that's another thing I kind of I kind of like about this guy. Perhaps in not in a way that I would say is a reason why you should like him too. He seems like on several levels, even on a meta level, to be. A character who exists because other things were successful.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. Oh, so you were talking about his arms, like maybe being CG'd in. As I'm looking closer, it looks like his arms are the handlebars.
1: Oh, it's because Michael so, Bay's leg is in front of the other one.
0: Yeah, so you see where the yeah. other one is hanging down, so his hand is just like the throttle and brake lever.
1: He's got an opposable thumb then. That's that's not bad.
0: <laughs> Um, but then, but then do you see how it looks to me? Like he has three feet. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly good. So there's like a tire, the kickstand. I'm just calling it the kickstand. And then it looks like there's a foot foot, like in the back shadowed. the
1: foot in the back. I get the impression there are two of those and the tires in front of the other one, just mostly given the angle of that foot compared to the rest of his body. Like, it looks like he would have two of those underneath there to shuffle around, and then as Is a... Is a
0: quadruped?
1: I think as a physical prop, he's just using the kickstand pipe thing and the wheel to stay standing. Uh, and I'm starting to analyze this the way people analyze those set pictures of cars, and I need to stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate squeaks. Uh,
0: yeah, it's... <laughs> I like the idea of a Vespa transformer. Like I too think Vespas are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh I have ever since I saw the movie Quadrophenia and then I was like, man, I got to get one of these. <laughs> they're rad And then I never have. But uh um I just I don't think he, I don't think just this image doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence no. for the movie. No. No. And yeah. in, it's really it's really dumb. To base your opinions of a whole movie on one photograph.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm
0: trying not to, but I looked at this picture and I went, "Uh, here we go
1: again. The only thing that I think is is confidence damaging is that this had three or four days of buildup on social media. This should have just been dropped out there. It's like, hey, here's our new character. You know, because to make it like, oh, people are really going to love this. It's like, you got to look at the picture, buddy. Like, uh, Also, I wanted to say... I want, I like Vespa Transformers too, but I I feel like given the design of Squeaks, it's it's you know even amidst the live action Transformers we've already seen, he doesn't really look like a Transformer. He looks like a Vespa that turned into a robot from yeah. some other series. That's why I actually feel like I feel more of a T-Bob vibe from him, and I I like that. But I also I realize that's probably not the intended reaction. I just stopped caring about the intended reaction a couple movies ago
0: yeah and he probably of all the movie transformers that have ever existed he has the most look of what he turns into than any of
1: them well he looks like a vespa that was bent into the shape of a robot
0: right but like none of the other movie transformers have like much of any identifiable vehicle parts on them Mm. which is like a a complaint some people have, it makes, and now it's like they swung way too hard the other way. It
1: makes me wonder if maybe they they designed him like this so they could at least attempt to have a physical prop Vespa physically turn into this robot. Yeah. Like I wonder if that was at least like an idea they had. You know, doesn't mean they actually pulled it off. But the yeah. yeah, like using the physical headlights as eyes and stuff like that. That Vespa chest plate thing that it totally made me feel like did they want to at least try. To get this to to really transform? Because that would be a big VFX wow moment for this movie to have to say, Uh we actually had a transformer transform. And you have all those videos of engineers elsewhere who have created, you know, not a good looking transforming transformer, but they have a car that stands up like one of those RC car robots.
0: Well, and even if it doesn't transform itself, if it's like transformed through puppetry, Yeah, like it doesn't have to have actuators and pistons and stuff to make all the movement happen.
1: That's what I mean. Like, like just you know, through puppetry, through even like you know, multiple shots, just to have the to have no CG other than some embellishing effects to have it you know actually transform could be a neat a neat bullet point for them to drop and a neat thing to see. Um, Well,
0: here's my assumption: this little girl is your streetwise street urchin mm -hmm. who's getting by on her own. And she's exploring a junkyard, and that's where she finds Squeaks. Here's my guess on Squeaks. Squeaks don't talk. Probably. Squeaks make squeaky sounds and bleeps and blurps. Oh, maybe that's why she calls him Squeaks. Yeah, that's what I'm get that and then eventually squeaks is gonna get fixed up like he won't be a rusty junk pile the whole time
1: and then he'll literally he'll just be a clean junk pile he'll literally have the mark ryan bumblebee voice from the end of the first live action movie I'll,
0: i choose to stay with the girl
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then bumblebee in the background just like goes was like oh, what the, oh, just like knocks something over throws his hands up rips <laughs> his face off again he's like you know what I'm gonna go be in my own movie
0: (laughs) rips another chunk out of his throat and throws it into the distance
1: (laughs) give up I'm done bumblebee out yep solo series only thanks uh so that's 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 some live action movie talk I want to move on um but I want to see what a squeak's toy looks like too uh I don't think anyone really needs to buy one, but I, I kind of want to. Uh, going in a completely different direction, Seth. My new picture pick is the print that Josh Perez, Transformers artist, has designed for TFCon uh, Toronto 2016, where he will be attending. Because uh, I, I think this print's real cool. I'll give you a direct link to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, I forgot to put the HTTP. I, I
0: saw it on the Twitter.
1: So this this tweet is based on uh, on Dan Gilvezan's. Uh, participation uh, in the voice acting realm. And uh, the the thing is real cool because it's, it's Bumblebee and Goldbug. And then it's like, you know, amazing Spider-Man from Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then pulling from the Shattered Dimensions video game, Spider-Man 2099. So you have like eighties Spidey and Bumblebee on Earth. And then you have Goldbug and Spidey 2099 on Cybertron. And I think that's a real cool print
0: technically you could say you have 80s bumblebee and spider-man and 80s goldbug and 90s spider-man
1: <laughs> Mate, well no 2099 <laughs> ran with a, a real spider title running at the same time didn't it like the 2099 huh? titles didn't wipe out their their the runs no of their... it's just it came out in the 90s yeah
0: yeah it was future and goldbug came out in the it was it was just the Nick picky Joe. His name is but Miguel. Yes, it's said in the future. It's said in the future, I get
1: it. Uh, I get it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I like the print, is what I'm trying to say. I like I like the I think it's clever that he was able to pull off a mirrored print of solid Gilvazan. And I, I think on Twitter he said yeah. like he had forgotten about the twenty ninety nine thing and he had like different ideas, but then he like remembered the twenty ninety nine thing and it was like the print just came together. And uh I like it when a Josh Perez print comes together because he does some pretty fine prints. <laughs> He also he also does some pretty fine vocalizing. That old, that old catchphrase. That's right. <laughs> I love it when a.
0: Oh, what did I used to call?
1: it? I love it when a print comes together. Hey, face man. No,
0: like when he was just before we like really knew him, and like he wrote in a listener question. I like called him like Steve DeMooch or oh, something yeah, like Steve, that. Oh
1: yeah, Steve, <laughs> Steve Demouch. Yeah. Something, yeah. something. God, that's gonna bother gotta me. Gotta bring that back. I just have every time he does a live stream uh, and talks, there was something he did once. And what did I say? I was like, that's swearing Josh. That was a thing for like an hour. (laughs) He he like dropped a cuss word once. It's like, ah, that's swearing Josh. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that print because it makes me happy. Um, No, it's cool. Dan Gilbertzan is also going to be at TFCon. Uh, Frank Walker is going to be that at TFCon. That Josh is
0: a talented fella.
1: That Josh has got some some chops on his hands with which he draws. <laughs> that, that fell apart. Um, follow Josh. Follow DiamondH on Twitter. No,
0: just follow him around. And his yeah, day to, you, to life. Just kind of stay like ten feet <laughs> back and creep around behind yeah, him. Yeah,
1: you know, don't don't be scum. Don't invade his personal bubble. Just, just follow no, him around.
0: Just a, a hover just outside of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Josh Perez is why I know what a burger tastes like. And that changed my life. Oh, I've never had one of those. I had, I've heard of them. I had it once. It was a pretty good burger. I just don't have anything else to say about it. Because it was just pretty good. But it was, one of, it was one of those pretty good regional burgers where you can see where the hype comes from. Like with your in and out. I would have once said, like, with your five guys, but then we got them in Toronto. And, yo, they're not actually all that great. Uh, no, they're okay. They're, they charge too much. It,
0: well, if your choice is five guys or Burger King, where are you going?
1: Well, you, okay, yeah. If you're going to tell me here, do you want, like, food or dog crap, then, like, yeah, I'm going to pick food. But, yeah, I'm throwing shade on Burger King. Start something. Um, I almost called you Steve because you said Steve DeMooch. A few minutes ago. <laughs> Good old Steve buzzard. <laughs> uh, Seth, we're going to talk about about a fresh cartoon um, that out of nowhere dropped some straight up screen caps. Uh, this is Machinima's Transformers Combiner Wars cartoon, which it sounds like there's some work happening. Like I, I caught in amidst all of this, this entertainment weekly stuff um yeah, here we go. It's gonna launch on June twenty eighth via YouTube, Facebook, and social entertainment platform Go Ninety. That sounds to me like they have realized Go Ninety is a burning garbage fire and they yeah. have shunted it to the end. And like, no, also, hey, it turns out if we release something on YouTube and Facebook, people will watch it. So I, I'm sure that this is oh yeah the first nail in the coffin on the hideous Go Ninety monster. Um But we got Yeah, s- I I hope somebody somebody in a boardroom
0: was like, so why are we shunning the two largest (laughs) uh, media platforms on the internet and sticking with this thing that when you mention it, people go, huh?
1: Yeah. What's that? (laughs) I think, I think that the case was finally able to be made after that street fighter series released exclusively on go 90 and people never saw it because it was exclusively on go 90. Uh, so we got our first screenshots of the show. Um, it's pointed out one of the screen caps. There's just a new fembot character who seems to be using parts of Windblade's model. Uh, apparently, she is a new character called Maxima, uh, which is a pretty cool name. Um, and I thought a- her name was going to be Sniperess or something. S- sniper Sniper Maker, and she's French Overwatch. These are the first screencasts we've seen of the actual show. Um, they are the news. I don't think, aside from the, the you know YouTube and Facebook being named before Go90 and a date being given, um, those that's the big news is we are actually seeing what the show will look like. They're, they're also mentioning there's going to be a four-episode preview uh, to kind of set the stage of what Cybertron is like in Combiner Wars, which is a great idea because this is being based on the current state of Cybertron in the comic books, which is i think a a fantastic setting but it does need an introduction because it is a a it's a step to the side from what you're used to with transformers if you've not been reading the comics um so the style of the show uh, going by these screen caps it's kind of a you know a cel shaded look um i think that it is working for the most part i, I like the this the solo screen cap the still image of menesor is i he is suffering a little bit Mostly, I think, from being a still image. Like, that looks like the design that will look pretty cool in motion. Um, everything else, I think, is looking pretty cool. Uh, Windblade's looking badass. Starscream's looking all proper like Emperor Nero. And uh, I, I think that's Windblade going into hyperspace or something. Menasaur, uh looks big. Uh, Maxima seems fine. I don't know who she is, but she has a gun. Um, I'm real excited to see the show taking this step forward in terms of showing us what the hell is going on, because now I feel more like this is a real show that's going to come out. So I, yeah. I'm into it. Seth, how are you feeling about this first look? Well, the the
0: art style looks great. Um, I agree with the Menasaur thing. Like sometimes uh, freeze framing animation could really make stuff look
1: awful. His mouth looks goofy um, in that freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I, I'm interested to seeing stuff moving. Mm-hmm. Like, how much animation are we getting? Like, how kind of stiff are people gonna look? Like, kind of the this shot of the what is it, Maxima? Um, just there's something about that pose, kind of makes me think of like fan made animation that's like a little stiffer. Mm. So, like, that's why I want to see it actually moving and, like, like what level of animation are we going to
1: get? Yeah, like, I, I want to see, like, clearly, you know, the, the shot of Windblade slicing something in half. She looks cool. The shot looks cool. But yeah. I want to know what the action sequences will look like in full. And, and I really want to know what the dialogue sequences will look like.
0: Yeah. And this shot of Windblade kind of looking up at the light cut streaming through what i'm assuming is like a bunch of wreck street mm-hmm. like she's under the street um that shot looks really neat yeah like the sort of haze effects and stuff on there look cool so and the the star, yeah, the star it, it makes you want to see more
1: yeah like like the star scream shot looks like potentially he is striding into the room and given you know if this is like star scream as he is right now in the books I hope they have nailed that that interpretation because it's probably my favorite G one esque Starscream personality in a long time. Um, Seth, like you haven't been keeping up with the books, but have you heard at all about the current setting? Did I tell you about it? I actually don't remember.
0: Mm, uh, I don't know. Like, do you want
1: to know? Do You want to know what what the hey, context? Megatron is is? stole an Autobot. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> well. So, I don't think this thing's even going to touch on that. Like, I my suspicion is that they're just going to say Optimus and Megatron have disappeared. In light of the war ending, uh, because they said like this is supposed to be a post-war Cybertron. But uh, the idea is that Starscream is now in charge politically of Cybertron. And uh, he's fantastic in the books as being. Is he making Cybertron great again? That's kind of like (laughs) there are little illusions that I think were not intentional that you could start drawing if you want to. Because he's like, hey, I'm I'm the chosen one. I've, a Titan mystically said, "Starscream will will run Cybertron," and he got the Cybertronian religious extremists to back him in the election, uh, Et etc. Cetera, et cetera. But he's uh, he's he's a great like antagonist leader that you kind of have to leave in office uh, as far as a character. And I'm hoping they get that across in this series because I, I love that part of current Cybertron in the comic books um and this is being uh so this was shown at, at con uh on thursday at the con lions festival uh so they've got animation done so far i'm I'm hoping they can maybe show us that in that preview uh whenever that comes out uh oh so, sorry the preview is launching on june 28th so that'll be next week in like four days we'll see the preview all right i'm so i'm psyched um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the series. I, I really hope that, especially having watched the new Voltron series, that when the robots combine, we get a little bit of super robot flavor in there. I won't be mad if we don't, but I'll be so happy if we do. Um, I hear people are loving that Voltron thing. It's friggin' good. It's friggin' good. Really worth watching. It's uh, best way I've heard it described. You know how we all thought Voltron was a great cartoon when we had watched it 20 years ago? This is actually a great cartoon. Kind of like how we thought real Voltron was.
0: Boy, did you ever see that
1: CGI Voltron combo yep. uh, ways back? <laughs> Man, was real bad. With, the, real, with the mocap? Real, real bad. Oh, so bad. That was the same group who did a Starship Troopers cartoon, which I heard was really well written, but it had the same, like, that janky, jiggity mocap animation <laughs> where everyone's just kind of like, 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 <laughs> like whenever they're walking around, they, they're all just kind of yeah. shuddering a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's something about that i kind of love yes. for just how awful it is and there was so much of that garbage like in the mid 90s like after the internet was a thing like leo laporte from the twit network and before that um uh, tech tv uh his first tv job was as a mocap character oh wow it was a uh a technology show and he was the the mo the real time mocap CGI sidekick, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and he looked like he was designed in the nineties. God, I wish I could remember the character's name. I'd find a picture real quick. <laughs> Maybe I can find it the hard way.
1: Hard way? You're just gonna blade it. Yeah. All right. Um, wrestling. That's that's for you, Luffy. That's Yeah, cool.
0: that's just wrestling for you.
1: Uh, by the way, the other piece of Combiner Wars cartoon news is that we have confirmed the voice actor for Computron. It's going to be Machinima's Ricky FTW. Uh, it. <laughs> and uh, that also confirms Computron's going to be in the show, which means that these there's going to be at least one combiner in this Combiner Wars show who was not in the Combiner Wars comic. So they might, they might expand that to include more toy-only characters. Seth, you found the picture? Yeah, I'm trying to... They're all
0: terrible, but oh. trying to find, like, they're all tiny, like, old. I was going
1: to say, it sounded like oh, like even God. a good picture would still be terrible in its own way. It's 90s terrible. And then I clicked visit page, and I don't know what. Oh, after don't the do the that. After that. Don't do that. There we go. I went through that trying to get that image of T-Bob for the last episode. Whoa. <laughs> God, I thought I had the image for this episode, but I don't know if I'm going to use heartbeeps or this. Maybe <laughs> I'll use this. This is more standalone. But God, uh, I think we talked more about heartbeeps. Yeah, but this is this is going to give someone a flashback when they see it.
0: Yeah. So then Leo's voice and that shuddery, jumpy yeah.
1: animation. Well, I just remember, it was the same company that did Voltron and Starship Troopers, and amidst all the 90s CG cartoons, theirs was the most mo Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and the lions looked awful in that Voltron thing.
1: Well, there was the lions, then there was the stealth lions, which were even more simplified. Uh, like, where they were all just, like, solid black and minimalist. Yeah, I just didn't like how round and smooth they were. Yeah. The new Voltron is, is a real solid design. It's, uh, I think it's it's this is gonna get some people mad i think it's superior to the original Golion design because it makes more use of all of his body parts um like there's a cool thing that the wings can do and uh and the show is like, we talked about it a bunch last week but the show is very uh solid it's it's good it's it's the first time i've actually liked Pidge as a character like do you remember Pidge from voltron yeah
0: yeah he was the, the obnoxious kid that every show had to have
1: yeah except he always talked like this all the time for an entire season. Yeah. Uh, New Because shows then had to have a character with a terrible voice. New Pidge doesn't talk like that, which is already like 100 bonus points. But New Pidge also has a pretty solid character arc uh, weaved into the show. Um, yeah, Seth, you should check that show out. If you've, if you've got Netflix, you should check it out.
0: I do have Netflix. Oh, that, yeah, And that, that CGI Leo Lepore character was named
1: Dev Nall. Uh, that's okay. Dev Null say, I was about to say that sounds awful, but the, for the time, that's kind of clever. Yep, Null no. Anyway,
0: here's a video. Oh, don't um, expect. Don't watch it now. Yeah. Okay. We're busy. For
1: intermission, though. I need to get this open so I can. Oh yeah.
0: If you need intermission, torture everyone with this. A... Well, I mean, not seeing
1: it, you lose a lot. I guess Martin Sheen talking about spawn on AOL is in the topic list for this video. (laughs) God, you remember when people would go on to AOL chat rooms to talk promo talk about their new medias and stuff?
0: Yeah, it's almost as silly or it's only slightly more silly than a Reddit AMA, I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like it's 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 like it's like the grandfather of the Reddit AMA. I remember I saw a TV advert on an old VHS once of like Vince McMahon talking about how he's going to be on AOL to talk with WWF fans. Ooh, I always wonder how that he must went. have hated that. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been terrible. <laughs> this would have been like 1990s Vince McMahon who's like mortified of the internet. Uh. Anyway, that's our *Combiner Wars* series talk. I holy crap, the, the prelude is out next week. I, oh man, I'm all excited. Like I think it's June, right? sure (laughs) I'll agree with that yeah okay yeah we're gonna get the okay we're gonna get the preview next week and then the series oh god damn it okay you know what I was wrong very last line combiner wars is set to debut August 2nd on go 90 so it's still no one's gonna actually see it after the preview at least the preview will be out so we can all watch it sigh Seth hey let's do a listener question okay um how would you like to do i have us lined up a listener question from podcast listener tumblr isn't that a website it is but it also asked a question and it asked a question anonymously so this question just comes from the tumblr uh hello this posted on tumblr this was sent to my tumblr ask box Oh boy If I recall correctly That's that's why oh, I would call you it millennials Tumblr and your Tumblers. That's right My ass. Hey you know what You Gen Xers and your Ask.fm That thing died man We got <laughs> Tumblr Ask boxes now I'm still on Friendster <laughs> Well You're the best person on Friendster Thanks Cause you're the only one on Friendster Oh that was the joke That was cruel uh... I've been dissed. Tumblr says, Hello, cast of the pod. How are you all? I hope that you're doing well. I wish to inquire of your opinions on one particular subject. The matter at hand is in reference to exposed <laughs> screws, pins, and etc. on small figures of action that portray robotic organisms. I personally think, rather than the norm, that it makes these poseable, plasticized mechanical beings look even more robotic. What are your thinkings on this trivially important affair? I thanketh thee for thy timeth. I think this person started to Tumblr up their, their speech... Ironically, at the end there, I, I, you're not going to trick me, Mr. Anonymous Tumblr asker. Uh, Instead of
0: click at the end, I wish they wrote doffs their cap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so I, I actually thought this was a real cool question because I, I have at times felt that certain pin and screw placement has enhanced the look of certain Transformers toys. But Seth, how, how do you feel about the notion of like using the exposed material to enhance the look in a way?
0: I mean, it could be smart because if you have to have this screw or pin or whatever there anyway, Mm -hmm. like if you put a little sculpting around it so it looks like it's supposed to be there, then that's neat. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always more bothered when like my G.I. Joe had a big screw on his inner thigh. Yeah. (laughs) That seemed more out of place. Like what
1: happened to you, buddy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that must be quite the bone (laughs) fracture you had. (laughs)
1: yeah i got this giant screw the size of my fist put through my leg
0: <laughs> yeah it's holding it together can't complain yeah. except for the endless agony my life is and <laughs> the pain of this thing in my flesh you know, every time but, my muscles flex yeah, and no. tense
1: around it's also 1983 so it's not like we have you know good technology for this they just screwed it into my leg yeah <laughs> doctor said it was all they had yep gave me a yeah, leech but, don't know why work with
0: yeah Just because it was the other thing (laughs) to have. But yeah, I mean, it could could work out to the design's benefit if handled smartly.
1: Yeah, I think pins more so than screws. Like a screw head is always going to take me out of it when I see it.
0: Yeah, but you could camouflage it a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of toys have the screws um, kind of like the screw is recessed in a deep screw hole that then doubles as like a five millimeter port, which is cool. Yeah. Um, In fact, I'm I'm bummed out when a deep set screw doesn't have a five millimeter diameter around it, because I'm like, come on, guys, like this is this is like a trick you're all supposed to know by now. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's like pins and rivets doubly so can totally work on a toy. Uh, Not all toys, of course, like, a, you know, a bright yellow and orange toy who has a big silver pin in the middle of all the color like that's going to stick out. It, that's where it starts coming into, you know, the notion of color placement and color layout. But uh, absolutely, I, I don't think exposed metal is automatically a sin.
0: Um, thank you, Tumblr. This is one of the yeah. This is one of the easiest listener questions we've ever had. Yeah, holy crap! It's like, hey, do you guys like something that's good? <laughs> yeah, we do. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for asking. I mean, I could fish this out another one if you want. It's like quick. Think of a list of ten things off the top of your head based on these very narrow parameters. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hey, you like ice cream? Yes. Yes, I do. That
1: was my question. Click. <laughs> um, I don't know. I got I got a three listener questions in the last two days, but I haven't really okay. looked at any of them. I could just grab one. Oh, why don't you grab one? All right, uh, I'll grab this. We'll see one. what happens. Grab this one from. uh <laughs> to be
0: awful. It's going to be like racist scree or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs>
1: I don't think there are enough white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed characters in cartoons anymore. (laughs) There's too many of them, dirty, insert racial slur. And, like, you don't even catch it. You just keep plowing through. (laughs) It's like, you just said what? (laughs) Listener question from Captain Slowbro. Uh, Dear Vangelist and the gang, once again, it is I, Captain Slowbro, with another lister question. As a starving college student, I find myself having to focus solely on Transformers that I really want, Neo-classics specifically. It's kept me from checking out other lines that looked interesting, such as RID 2015 and Masterpiece. However, if my wallet permitted me, I'd do what Vangelist does and pretty much buy everything in order to check out the interesting engineering or design or so on. Back to the question, if for whatever reasons your finances forced you to focus your buying down substantially, what would your criteria be for purchase? Uh, Would it only be characters you liked, a specific faction, interesting engineering transformation? Thank you for your time. I hope this made sense. I have been drinking. Click. Uh, Well, Captain Slowbro, that made total sense. In fact, that's one of the most salient PMs I've ever received from a person who's been drinking. So congratulate (laughs) yourself. Um. Seth, I, just, I haven't been drinking enough. I'm just re- I'm realizing you're actually a perfect fit for this question because you recently have kind of pared down your buying, uh, in lieu of purchasing a, a, a house, which is pretty large. Yeah, I still buy plenty, just not as much. So what? How did you refocus
0: your buying? Um, it, it's kind of like looking at mainline more. Like I went through a long stretch where I was barely buying anything off the shelves um and like a lot more third-party kind of stuff so kind of not getting third-party stuff um Mm -hmm. that helps a lot because that stuff's expensive or very very rarely like it's got to be something special like that uh those uh reflector that reflector set yeah yeah um you got the box over there visualizer
1: make toys reflector
0: yeah um like, I think that's the last third party thing I got. Um, and then with like, uh, mainline stuff, like skipping RID altogether, um, focusing more on Combiner Wars. And then, like, even there was some stuff in Combiner Wars I passed on, like the limbs from the Skylinks wave and some of the, uh, like the repaints of that big, um, um, Jetfire that's being re- remolded and repainted into the Seekers. Yeah. Like, not getting Starscream and Skywarp. Um, then, just kind of taking it like, sort of situation by situation because I'm, I'm still buying a lot, like, a lot of Marvel figures, but there's waves I'll skip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, right now I'm really torn on that upcoming X-Men wave because there's I'm not super hype for most of the individual figures, but I would really like the juggernaut build a figure, but I don't want to buy all those individual figures that i I'm not excited about
1: just to get a different juggernaut than the juggernaut toy I already have um i'm not I'm not gonna like tell you what to do my my impression is if you did get that wave, you would easily make most of that back selling the individual figures if you wanted to, yeah, probably but
0: uh
1: yeah, so
0: i could cut back more uh i'm kind of pushing um what i can get away with um but yeah it it sounds like captain Slowbro has to cut much harder than i do right now
1: yeah and um i've actually i I guess eat more ramen there's a choice (laughs) yeah get get cheap dry food and drink lots of water uh I uh, spend less on alcohol. Yeah, holy crap! Like we didn't want to say anything, but uh, you know, you've been sending drunk PMs. Just get cheaper (laughs) alcohol. (laughs) That's probably a bad solution.
0: Yeah, instead of Jack Daniels, get Kessler.
1: Dak Daniels. I've actually been cutting back. Get the bottom shelf. I've been do all your shopping on the bottom shelf. I've been cutting back on uh, a lot of third-party stuff that I otherwise would have jumped at only because so much of it is coming out now. And in that realm, at least, the way that I've figured out what to purchase is I just try to think about what makes me – in the things I've already bought – what excites me the most and in my case the thing that excites me is really clever engineering and really solid hand feel good tactile sensation from the toys and a feeling where they don't feel fragile where they don't feel rickety and like a thing that i'm gonna mess with once but at least it looks good and i'll put it on the shelf um and that you know for instance that's why i've not touched a whole lot of uh or laid hands on a whole lot of kfc or x Transbot stuff of late Though I've heard that they are doing at least KFC and, X, and some of the newer X Transbot stuff, they've both been having a big upswing in coming with uh, was it KFC's Junkions that X Transbot rejuvenated Wheelie. Um, so I just thought about like what 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 do I get the most bang out of for me? And for me, it's the engineering and the the, the good feel and like just the satisfying tactile stuff. Um, but I've you know there are plenty of people who like uh, who is uh, uh, Ian Reed. Um, has a whole collection of just like, he wanted all the six shots and he also has another shelf, which is just uh, Black Optimus Primes. That's a common thing to pursue. Um, But yeah, like if you have to really pick and choose, like what I would recommend is don't buy anything where you feel like you are only getting it to complete a set. Like anything where you feel Uh. like you're only getting it out of an obligation. The Leader Size Seekers from Combiner Wars are a perfect example. I got Thundercracker because he was on sale at uh, ToysRUs.ca, whenever it was that I got him, and then many times I've wanted to get Skywarp and Starscream because I, I think he, the Thundercracker's not a terrible toy, and I would love to see what the three of them look like together. But they were very easy things to go like you know I don't really need this right now, and I, in the long run I don't know if I'll ever pick them up. Um, cause the more I thought about them, the more it was, I only want these to have the three of them to go with the tank Megatron and then the headmaster Soundwave coming out, uh, later this year to have like the leader sized main Decepticons to see what they look like. And then I, same thing with masterpiece seekers, to be honest, it's like, I don't actually really like the seeker toys, the current ones anyway, enough to want to buy like triplicate of each one. So I just let it go. And then, I hey, I've got more money for this new interesting thing, like TFC Hades or uh, the Combiner Wars gifts. The Combiner Wars gift sets, I get massive satisfaction out of, even though they're all repaints and retools. Um, I've, I've realized I love Combiner Wars a lot. So I, I get a whole lot out of picking up those gift sets. Uh, and it's, it's why I'm looking forward to Titans Return, where I'm, I'm probably going to enjoy lots of those toys, but I don't feel the need to just glom wave by wave as they come out on that series because it's 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 just single toys and some of them i could probably wait a while on i don't know we'll see how it plays out but i would i would say for anyone who needs to pare down figure out what it is that satisfies you the most out of a purchase and don't do obligation purchases and that's already a huge step
0: yeah like looking at like the examples that he gave near the end where he said would it be only characters you like, specific faction, interesting engineering slash transformation? Like if, if if the question was put to you have to choose one of these criteria, um, I would have choose character mm. because there are tons of toys I've bought because it's a character I like, like not just Transformers, but other stuff like that uh, robot from Lost in Space. I got a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I just like that robot. Eagle Robo from that machine war line is reportedly the worst one but it's leader one so I got to get it um stuff like that
1: yeah and, and for me like you know I would have if I had to pick between those 3 it would be interesting engineering transformation because that's what I get the most out of um I almost would say like these criteria are not bad criteria but sometimes criteria like this especially stuff like specific faction I've seen it wrap back around and turn into a source of obligation purchases of like, I have to buy every Rekgar, even if I think they suck. Or like, Gog Dog had to stop buying every Starscream once the movie started, because it was becoming ridiculous. Uh, And in a perfect world, or in a perfect scenario, I would say, just buy the ones you know you're going to like. You're not going to know right away, but that's always the best criteria, because the The stricter your pre criteria is, the more you start to to lead yourself down the path of going like, oh, I got to finish this set that I'm making, and it it that danger reappears. I feel, yeah, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe just in my case, but uh, that's a good question though, and it, this, this again, perfect question for people to answer in the thread like what are your own criteria for purchasing because there are there are very few edge cases anymore who buy everything me and aaron kind of stopped buying everything a while back we just buy nearly every transformers thing uh so let me know uh in the meantime seth i actually kind of feel like just rolling into what we got unless you would like to have a break
0: no let's just Maybe do it you go yeah spoiler i don't have a lot to talk about in these last two segments so
1: yeah i got like i think a thing to talk about i think and then and then my other thing that i made a note of earlier on uh seth did you transformer this week no Ah, oh. sorry well i i did a transformer this week uh i got the g2 bruticus gift set from combiner wars uh, with the Action Master Starscream. Uh, G2 Bruticus, I think, is the best of the three G2 sets so far. Um, somewhat, yes, based on the strength of the toys within. But I also find, like, I don't dislike uh, G2 Superion or Metasaur's colors, but G2 Bruticus, the Combiner Wars version, his colors explode off the plastic and into your eyes. Like, uh, everyone's optic color detonates in brightness. Uh the orange <laughs> plastic they used for Swindle is like otherworldly in how fluorescent it is. Uh G2 Bruticus is the 90s colors personified where Menasor is more like a cold palette Menasor, Superiorion's just more like a blue and red Superiorion with a gold arm. G2 Bruticus is dripping in visual explosion. Uh and and really just sells it hard. Um, also the action master color shockwave is gorgeous. Um, he doesn't use any clear plastic this time. So he's like molded in purple for the most part, which means he's able to refocus his paint apps onto his chest. Um, and he, he, looks real good. Uh, the, the toys are all solid. The, the brawl has a solid waist, much like my original brawl who had a solid waist. The box set one that I got has a solid waist and this is a box set. So unless anyone reports otherwise, I'm going to say they fixed the waist on him. Uh, the only problem is uh, he has the same misassembly issue that the Victorian set has, where the, the Onslaught hotspot center body figure, the inner struts on the legs are flipped the wrong way around. So if you try to click his knees into place, there's a fin that will prevent that from happening. Uh, mm. If you don't know what that means, tons of people have reported on, on how to deal with it and what it is in the Victorian discussion threads. It's just the same thing on G2 Onslaught. To fix it, you can just snip these two little fins off that don't do anything. Um, but much like Pyra Magna from the Victorian set, G2 Onslaught's joints are tight enough. His knees don't actually have to lock in. They can just stay extended, and it makes him slightly taller if you prefer that. You can also fix it. It's super easy. Um, it's a super solid set, uh, and I got it for 30% off, so I got it for the price I wanted. Uh, which was not 150 Canadian. And I would have bought Victorion as well because I found out about the sale the day before I flew. Uh, Since I wasn't sure if I would see either of them out here, I ordered Victorion for the sale price with free shipping off ToysRUs.ca. Then I went to the Toys R Us here in Victoria and saw like eight of them and then was like, well, I could have just skipped all that trouble and got it here. Oh, well. So next week I will have a Victorion to talk about. But this week I got Bruticus. Mm. Um, Oh, there is a big problem with Bruticus. It actually doesn't bother me that much, but it definitely bothers a lot of people given the Twitter responses. And I think it sucks that it happened. He has G1 symbols. Uh, and it busts the illusion a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I've been told on Twitter that every single one of those symbols is easily covered up with a Rapper labels sticker of a G2 symbol, except for the teeny tiny one on Brawl because it's smaller than any of the stickers they have. I'm sure that when Repper labels does their set for him, they are going to deal with that uh if you if if that's your thing, then boom if it's not, then figure something else out i guess but uh yeah, otherwise like I highly recommend that box set if you're gonna go for any of the box sets out right now if you only want one g two set um as much as I've said, like I think Menur is the most prestigious for being like a thing that never was available till now G two bruticus nails it in every sense, uh whereas Menotaur still is like. I like him more than a lot of people, but he is a weaker set of toys uh, overall. Um, so that's my on-topic, what I got this week. Uh, Seth, do you have any off-topic stuff to talk about?
0: Yes. Oh, uh, one group is something I forgot to talk about last time.
1: <sighs> oh, no.
0: Oh. Um, did you see the pics I tweeted of the tiny rubber chicken toy? Yes. Okay. So when Ichabod was visiting, we went into this weird little store that we have here in town called Heebie Jeebies. That gives me the Heebie Jeebies. Yeah, and they have all this all these little weird things that they sell in there. Um like weird gift stuff. Um Like I was gonna compare them to Spencer's gifts and just say like a less gross Spencer's gift, but <laughs> that's not even a good good uh comparison so joe discovers this pile or the this display on the counter of these tiny little rubber animals and he's like this is amazing look at this shark look at these dragons i'm getting some of these i go oh the rubber chicken's cool and then he bought me a rubber chicken oh so i tweeted a bunch of pictures of those uh but the stuff i forgot last time was we found some of the Blind bag Disney Lego
1: minifigs. I heard those things were selling like the hottest cakes. Yeah,
0: we've only seen them anywhere once so far. Hot damn. And they had seven bags. And my girlfriend was like, let's just get these seven bags. I don't even want to feel them. And we'll just hope we don't get doubles. (laughs) Let's get doubles and yo, trading. Hooray. Right. So we got seven bags completely blind. No doubles. Hot damn. Uh, So we got the two characters from The Incredibles, the little three-eyed alien from Toy Story, Genie from Aladdin, Donald Duck, Alice,
1: and Stitch. Hmm. So now the hunt begins for everybody else. Oh, dear. Yeah, I saw that there were signs up in my area with, like, purchase limits on those things because people were just swooping in trying to buy literally the store out on those <laughs> Disney Lego things and they were like okay purchase limit of like 20. I was like that's a yeah. real funny purchase limit. But okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that these would be going fast.
1: I saw the uh Syndrome the villain from Incredibles. Uh Ian Reed got one of those, showed it to me and like that looks real sharp. Like it looks like they translated yeah. the Disney style and mixed it with the Lego style in a really like just sharp way on those things.
0: Yeah, that's one of the the ones that come off better some of them are a little weird looking like mm. i think donald and daisy duck look kind of weird they always look weird though i mean they're ducks yeah but like i really want to get a hold of a cheshire cat and my dad requested if you find two cheshire cats i want a cheshire cat like alice in wonderland was his favorite disney uh animated Deal, mm. or it still is, not past tense. Um, and years, cats his favorite character.
1: Recent years, I've grown to to be more
0: critical of the piece. The... Yeah, I realized this is a bunch of garbage written by an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Jabberwocky—that's not even a word. They just made that up. <laughs> Why would a carpenter and a walrus be hanging out? This makes no sense. I've written a fresh think this piece. More on stuff. Moron stuff Also the main character is a girl That's I don't want girls are dumb I don't want
1: girls want screw, to see dudes screw, Screwing up all my fairy tales With their self insertion Characters Yeah I want Let me know when they remake it Into Alex in Wonderland <laughs> And i will be interested. I gotta imagine that sometime in the last However many decades someone has made an Alex In Wonderland That has to have happened.
0: Also, that was a super accurate imitation of my father. Yep,
1: pretty much word for
0: word. And he would not give me a dirty
1: look if I started mocking him (laughs) using that voice. (laughs) Uh, Oh. Hey, first result for Alex in Wonderland is a travel blog, but the second result is that there was a 1970 American Porn. comedy dr- comedy drama <laughs> film called Alex in Wonderland. Okay, great. Featuring cameo appearances by Fellini and Jean Moreau. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fellini. Yikes. Cameo by... In particular, Fellini's Eight and a Half, about a a, a film director who's artistically stuck, is referenced this film references friggin eight and a half for real. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Federico Fellini as himself. Well, there you go. I didn't mean to cut in there, but I was blown away. Fellini
0: as himself as the caterpillar. <laughs> <smoking> <laughs> <over>. <laughs> Turns out he always was the caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, um. Right. So that's the toy thing. Um, also got a new MacBook Pro. Hey. And by new, I mean refurbished.
1: Hey. Because
0: who the hell can afford a new MacBook Pro? Not me. Well,
1: that, um, you're helping keep the landfills from growing with old Apple junk.
0: Yeah. So back in day, like I think around the 2010 time period, uh Johnny Empire, uh the co- the company he was working for at at the time, um Would sell the firm's old computers when they would rotate in new computers. So he was able to hook me up with a 2008 MacBook Pro Mm -hmm. for dirt cheap. And that thing still works fine. Like you can't run the latest and greatest video game at the highest settings. But, you know. Why,
1: Why would you do that on a MacBook Pro?
0: Right, exactly. Like, For most of what I would do with it, like some very simple video editing, web browsing, some simple photo editing, it was fine. Mm. So I tend to keep it in the living room, leaned against the side of the couch, next to, like, in between the side of the couch and the side table. I would stick it down in between, leaning. So we have wood floors now that are slicker than carpet. And one day it slid and was now mostly upside down on the floor. And when I went to pick it up and it it was a little tilted up because like part of it was caught on the edge of the table. So it was like at an angle. And when I went to pick it up, I knocked over my, um, Stainless steel travel mug, completely full of coffee, down onto it, mm-hmm. and it hit right where the hard drive is,
1: oh.
0: and dented the uh, the metal. <laughs> and it still mostly works, but it makes awful sounds.
1: That that happened to my first MacBook when I, I over the cor- over the course of, his, course of his life, I dropped it a few times. Once when I dropped it, the optical drive kind of stopped working. But the oh, Mac, yeah. the MacBook still worked. Uh, those things are were surprisingly hardy, like the aluminum body ones.
0: Yeah. Well, the the optical drive on this thing got wrecked years ago. Yeah. Um. So whenever you would start it up and it would do its little spin to test to see if there was a disc in it, it yeah. would just make terrifying clicking sounds. The,
1: the grinding, like, yeah. F- r- 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 yeah, I had those. Yeah.
0: So I just never used, well, I made the mistake of sticking a disc into it and it just cut a groove in it. (laughs) And so I never did that again. Um, Then it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll take this to the Apple store and see how expensive it is to get a new hard drive put in there. Um, And then, like, the idea came up, like, my girlfriend always wanted a MacBook but has never had one. And she would like a laptop in general. Um, and she didn't just want to settle for a, a PC, um, because she just always kind of wanted a MacBook. She had had Apple computers in the past, um, and just kind of missed them. She yeah. has a PC desktop, blah, blah, blah. And then we started talking about like, well, if, if you get one, I'm going to want one because this thing's old and I dropped a coffee mug on it. <laughs> um, And then we started looking at prices and we're like, man, it's going to be like between two and three grand. Um, We can't spend that kind of money for one, let alone two. And then we kind of put it out of our heads. And then Woot had refurbished 2012s. Which is the model before the current ones mm-hmm. um, for a little over a thousand each, so I went to the Apple website and I started looking at at the current models and tried to find the closest skew that's of that's new to um <clears throat> to these refurbs. And, of course, you can't find a one an exact one-to-one match because it's just a little different processor. It's a different graphics card. Uh, there's more RAM in the newer ones than, than these 2012 ones. But I found the closest. And two of these refurbs off of Woot was slightly less than one of the new ones. Oh, wow. So... So I bring this up. I'm like, we could get two of these for less than one of these. And she's like, oh, I don't know about refurbs. I'm like, I've owned a lot of refurb stuff over the years, never had a problem. Always had nothing but good luck with refurbs. I'm like, this thing, this old one, is effectively a refurb to how I got it. Um, and if I didn't drop that damn coffee mug on it, it'd be fine. <laughs> um, so we kind of went back and forth hemming and hawing over and it's still a lot of money yeah um blah blah blah. and then we ended up ordering it because with woot you gotta it's that day and that's it then it's gone
1: yeah
0: and it was getting close to 10 o'clock already so there wasn't much time left um then the next day was a lot of buyer's remorse (laughs) and wondering if we made the right decision well (laughs) <laughs> and then they came today, so just before we were recording, we opened them up and inspected them and there's some there are some blemishes, like no dents, but like the bottoms of both of ours have some scratches uh, along the edge on on mine. There's some scuffs um, but nothing terrible, and these have solid state hard drives, so you get all that benefit of just like the super fast startup and everything yeah um so I had started it downloading updates and stuff before we came up here but um man it's way thinner than that 2008 model
1: yeah <clears throat> I, I had a i had an old 08 one and then I upgraded in 2012 and uh to one with like a and I think my it has an SSD but I can't quite remember no it doesn't it still has a spinning hard drive but it's when they they ditched the optical drive build in yeah uh, and yeah it was uh like night and day as far as size and speed
0: yeah like with the 2008 like there's the main body part the screen lid and then kind of the bottom part of the body that like curves but just that flat around the edge body part the 2012 is as thick of as just that part. Mm-hmm. When it's closed up. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's a lot lighter. Um so it's neat. Um so looking forward to kind of fiddling with that more. Oh, and she was also wanting to get back into playing League of Legends.
1: I mean, that like, watching on...
0: me play Overwatch started getting her excited about playing
1: MOBAs again. <laughs> a League of Legends must run on everything by now.
0: Yeah, and like, with that 2008 MacBook Pro, um, I played that XCOM game fine on it. Yeah. And League of Legends is at least as old as that game, if not older. And it's not a super... Graphic intensive game. It's not like you're trying to run the new Doom game at the highest settings or anything.
1: Yeah. And a lot of a lot of good uh like lower cost games like Binding of Isaac and whatnot run great on a yeah. 2012 MacBook.
0: Yeah. I imagine that would run great on almost anything.
1: That's where I do most of my <laughs> Isaac playing is on the MacBook when I'm traveling.
0: Yeah. So I think they're gonna be good i'm excited to you know get more into it
1: yeah that's cool that is all i got well my what i got is the thing is we're gonna we're gonna come around the corner and we're gonna finish that hook we're gonna get to what we call in the business the fish uh so on my flight over so, so some months ago i was on a flight and on that flight, in the last half of the flight, I watched, I tried to watch uh, The Man from Uncle, the film with Henry Cavill in it, called The Man from Uncle. Wasn't expecting much. I just wanted to watch something with Henry Cavill in it, because I, I I like how that guy looks and sounds. I never end up watching anything he's in. So I thought I'm going to finally watch me a Henry Cavill film. Uh, <laughs> I ended up actually kind of digging it, but then about two-thirds into the film, the plane landed and everything turned off. And then... Because I'd watched two-thirds of the movie, I didn't want to pay to watch the rest of it. So I didn't want to buy it, didn't want to rent it, Uh, wanted to stream it, wasn't up on any of my streaming services. And so I just spent a couple months going like, man, I want to finish Man from Uncle. So I flew over to Victoria the other day, and on that flight, guess what was on there? Man from Friggin' Uncle. What? Turned the movie on immediately, watched it from start to finish, really liked it kind of mad that there doesn't seem to be any hint of a sequel coming out anytime soon, because the film ends in a way that totally opens it up to have like, the continuing adventures of, and and everyone in it was great, I really liked that film um, I actually wouldn't mind owning it now uh, Henry Cavill was solid everyone in it was solid um, so I, I really enjoyed it and then a little footnote to that right after that, I thought, you know what? You know what? I've only watched like once or twice all the way through in my entire life because I apparently had a real hard childhood. Die Hard. So I watched Die Hard from front to back for the second or third time <laughs> in my life. Did you know Die Hard's a pretty good movie? Never seen any Die Hard film all the way through. Really? Yeah. Because people give me the hottest, wettest, stinkiest cow dung over not having seen Die Hard like 20 times. People lay into well, me over that.
0: Well, you know what I have seen? I've seen Heart Beeps, so... Yeah, whatever. you know
1: what? F them. Who
0: needs them? I've seen Heart Beeps <laughs> twice, actually. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I've seen uh, I've seen uh, Repo the Genetic Opera like five times. To start something. Uh, but Die Hard's a pretty good movie. If you haven't checked it out, it's, it's worth checking out. It's got this Bruce Willis kid in it. He's pretty cool. He's kind of cooler in that movie than he is nowadays. I'm finding. Uh, but I, I hadn't, I I rarely have seen Die Hard all the way through, so now I really, really want to go watch Die Hard 2, uh, because I've never seen any of the, I, I think I saw Die Hard 4 on a plane once, and I was half asleep, so I need to, I need to do the, the whole Die Hard chronology, um, that's my, what I got this week. That's our what we got this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been episode 413 of WTF TFW. I got announcements to make, Seth.
0: Uh Uh-oh.
1: We're going to have... That sounds scary. We're going to have coming up soon two convention prep episodes. No. I'm saying that now, assuming that nothing will go wrong and those episodes will actually happen. So if they don't happen, I will apologize next week in light of them not happening but uh if everything goes right we're gonna have uh an episode recorded with somebody from tf con toronto that's a canadian Ooh. person and uh All those guys are crazy watch out i'm gonna have my uh, chastity belt on i'm gonna put on a seat belt before we start recording uh and then after that there's going to be a convention prep with donnie from tf expo down in uh the kansas area um, i went there last year and uh we recorded something before i went there last year and uh he contacted me and said hey do you want to do another podcast uh about the convention and i said sure why not so we're going to record one of those and hear what's up with tf expo uh so that's that's also probably going to be the bulk of our convention podcasting, unless more conventions reach out to me who are not like conventions that have never actually happened before um that's in case people don't know. That's kind of like the one and only rule with convention prep is like, I will talk to anyone running a convention unless it is the case of we've never run a convention and really hope to do one this year. Uh, I, I kind of want to see that you've done one. Um, then, then, then I'm all ready to talk. That's my my little hint of elitism there. Um, but stay tuned for that stuff, and stay tuned for more WTF TFW in future. Seth, thank you for joining me.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, pal uh no problem buddy oh how how did your uh improv show go it went how, how did the get fix your own damn sandwich show go
1: it went great and i forgot that name like the next day <laughs> and when i was sitting there what thinking it's unforgettable though i was sitting there thinking man was i supposed to remember something right before i went into the theater to set up i was like oh right that podcast well now i can't look it up oh well Hopefully no one who listens is going to be here. No one I knew showed up uh, to watch. So <laughs> I was was like, great.
0: if somebody in the audience yelled, make your own damn sandwich. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes flooding back to me. What color plaid, what plaid do you pick? I don't know. Describe plaids to me, Seth. <laughs> Uh but it went great. Uh I I was everyone got to be in three things, uh, including the big like everyone tells a story at the front. And uh I got to be in a status battle, which is one of my favorite things, so I was all happy and it went great. I had that I had the, the magic moment where you're not thinking and the scene is just coming out, and then for about ninety seconds you feel like a witty, funny badass, and then it's all over. Uh so it it went good. Um Doing the next one of those classes in August, and I think that ends with a performance as well. So I might have another performance in October. And, uh, yeah, I, I could talk for ages about how great that went, but I'll, I'll hold myself up there. Uh, so stay tuned for more WTFW, everybody, and goodbye for now. That's because I am. <laughs>